You've seen their TV shows. You've watched their webcasts. Now, Partigan and Stapes invite you to Poker in the Ears. Hello, my babies, and welcome to Poker in the Ears. I am your Uncle Daddy. I am Joe Stapleton. He is your work wife. He is James Hardigan. He's my work wife, too. Yeah, I'm only married to one person. That person is you. And to you, I say, happy birthday, Joe. <laughs> Coming up on today's show, it is the Moneymaker Magic Show. Yeah. Chris Moneymaker has been bebopping and scotting all over the globe, giving away platinum passes for your asses, doing Moneymaker Tour Part 2. Chris is our guest today. He'll be telling us all about that and his travel woes and highs and lows. (laughs) I don't think there are many highs when it comes to Chris Moneymaker's travel tales. Let's be honest. It's the lows that are more interesting anyway. Yeah. Plus, James, he played in the first UK event. I played in the first US event. Uh, James, you're at the Hippodrome. I was indeed. Well, actually, it was at Le Meridian on Piccadilly, hosted by the Hippodrome. So it was a nice kind of hotel convention slash um, co- uh, function hall. A uh, very pleasant environment. Excellent. So we'll hear about that later on. And believe it or not, now t- not to be outdone, Stapes here finished second in a high roller this weekend. So I also have a little first-hand poker to discuss. You've no idea how surreal this was to learn about this result on a conference call on Monday morning as the company is summarizing everything that happened at the weekend. And one of the highlights, (laughs) and I use the word in inverted commas, is a Twitch stream that Joe Stapleton did where he finished second in a VRPT event. I'm like... What the actual fuck? Only then did I discover your numerous tweets about said result. I'm not going to lie. I was genuinely really fucked off that I did not win it. I was like, I I really feel like it hurt my career not winning. More on that later. This week on Superfan versus Stapes, it is my favorite movie of recent memory. Into the Spider-Verse, a movie I ruined for James, I think, because I overhyped it. Not just you. Everyone overhyped it. And I think I saw it in February of this year for the first time. You had seen it twice. You'd been raving about it. I'd had the full speech from Griffin Benja when we were working with him in the Bahamas at the PSPC uh. PCA. And he was saying, you'll love it. Your daughter will love it. And don't get me wrong. The first time I watched this film, I really liked it. I thought it was really good, but it fell short of my expectations because everyone else had put it on a pedestal. Interestingly, last week... I go back to watch it for a second time because I have to research the quiz that we're going to have in the Superfan contest later on. So now I'm approaching it thinking, oh yeah, this is the movie that I didn't think was as good as everyone said it was. Yeah. And when I approached it a second time with slightly lower expectations, I absolutely loved it. And now I appreciate it as the masterpiece that it is. Oh, that's great, man. That's really good to hear. I mean, obviously, I wanted you to agree with me, but then also I was like, just felt guilty because I talked too much about it. But I'm glad that you've, uh, on second viewing, that it got better for you. That's fantastic. Absolutely. So right now, there's tons of movies I want to go see, and I just can't seem to bring myself to take the four hours that it takes at this point to like go to the movies, see one, get home and all that. Parasite, my friends went to see. They thought it was great. We got the Zombieland sequel out right now. Current War, 
There's a new Terminator out that people are actually saying is pretty decent. We got Motherless Brooklyn. We got The Irishman, I think, is going to be out soon if it's not out already. The Lighthouse, Jojo Rabbit, all these movies. James, I just having such a hard time getting out to the movies. Literally the only film on that list that I have any interest in watching is The Irishman, and I can wait for that to come on Netflix in a month's time. See, I was my friend who is the movie producer, she... Um, I was having this, we had like this, um, I'll get to it a little bit later. I went to this party on Saturday night full of like TV writers and movie, actual screenwriters. And I was saying that she was, she was saying that she agrees with Martin Scorsese about the whole Marvel thing, right? about how Marvel isn't cinema. It's more like a theme park ride. And I couldn't disagree more with that. I love Martin. I, I, I have a ton of respect for Martin Scorsese. I really do. But I think that the Marvel movies and the Star Wars movies are keeping movie theaters in business right now. Absolutely. Because if the if the Irishman came out tomorrow and I could go see it in the cinema for twelve bucks or I could see it at home for thirty, I would pay thirty bucks and watch it at home and not leave my house. Well, you know my feeling on cinemas. I'm with you a hundred percent. I also think that Given the story, given the scope, given the running time, given the theme, I think it's much better suited to TV. And the irony is, if Francis Ford Coppola were making the Godfather movies in 2019, it would probably be a six-part series on Netflix, Godfather 1 and 2, rather than two films. And it would probably be a better film for it. Um, yeah, because right. you wouldn't have to worry about paring stuff down, losing side plots, giving some characters not enough screen time because you've got to fit it into a digestible running time. Um, but no, as some of those films, I'm just like, meh, I, I don't need to see. I, I'm also, and this is a really sad thing to say, I don't know how I feel anymore about Star Wars Episode Nine after the last trailer came out. The, the the last teaser, the one with the Ray with the you can you, you can say whatever you want about the trailer, but I haven't seen the trailer. I don't care if you spoil the trailer, obviously. But. Sure. Well, the previous trailer, which is the one that yeah. ends with that amazing shot of Ray, which is probably from a dream sequence where she's got the double edge red uh, lightsaber. I was yeah. like super hyped and of course that was the trailer where we had palpatine's laugh at the end and you realize, "Oh my god, the emperor is back." This trailer adds nothing more, just shows I guess a few more locations, a few more scenes, but it just didn't have me excited at all. And I'm slightly concerned that in the same way that JJ just delivered a kind of rerun with The Force Awakens, which was, don't get me wrong, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And it was necessary to kind of have a familiar story and go back uh, to the original trilogy to get rid of the nasty taste that the prequels had left in our mouth. But now we need to move on. And I'm just really concerned that this is going to be another nostalgia fest rather than a fitting conclusion to the saga. And I'm probably slightly more excited for The Mandalorian because I really like the trailer for that. And I'm also slightly more excited for Jedi Fallen Order when that comes out in a couple of weeks because I've now finished all the Batman games, so I need something new to get my teeth into. Sorry, is, Je- is Jedi Fallen Order a video game? Yeah. How has this escaped your attention? And it's in the similar style to the Batman games, or no? you're just sort of comparing the... It's it's actually a Star Wars game, which is a campaign. It's a story rather than what we focused on in recent years with the Battlefront games, multiplayer yeah. online stuff. And it's set in a 
period which has not really been explored by any TV show or movie so far, which is immediately following the conclusion of Episode 3, after the Jedi purge and Anakin becoming Vader, it's about uh, a Jedi who survives Order 66 and trying to kind of like train themselves up with no one else around to help them to master their Jedi Ah, powers whilst being hunted by an Inquisitor, one of Vader's sinister agents who's meant to get rid of the last of the Jedi. Well, that does sound cool, and that does sound slightly more exciting. My my feelings on Episode Nine are that um, I'm I'm worried as well, James. I'm worried that it won't be a fitting conclusion to the story because, as much as I, I look, I'm not an impossible to please fanboy. I feel like I'm actually pretty easy to please. I didn't feel like there was anything that ha- there was many things that happened in the last Star Wars movie. What was it called again? The, the Last, last Jedi. Jedi. I. It didn't, I, I don't feel like another, like I didn't leave that movie thinking it needed another movie. Like there wasn't a lot about that storyline that I even cared to see completed. I was like, yeah, whatever, it's fine. So I feel like it's going to be hard to have a satisfying conclusion for something that I don't even really, not even that amped up about to begin with. Well, but Despite all my bitching and whining and cynicism, I've still got tickets booked for a screening on the 20th of December. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't have mine yet. So Summer, this uh, who used to work with us on the EPT, does a lot of video game stuff now, and she sent me this job posting for uh, someone who is a Star Wars fan and into video games and can be on-camera talent. And I applied uh, for some sort of, I don't know what it was, and I got a call back for it and they wanted me to host like this sort of launch video for, I must be for the Jedi fallen order game. Yeah. I was going to say, if you get another audition, it might be worth knowing that this game actually exists before going in. Here's the problem. I didn't know this job was in England Ah. and they didn't know that I wasn't in England. Ah. So I had to turn it down. Oh man. How frustrating. I even considered, I even considered flying over on my own dime to take the job. You know you're not allowed here. You are a persona non grata. Um, I started watching Watchmen this morning. I've only seen... Oh my God, how cool is it? I've only seen half of the first episode, but I'm already hooked. And I love what they're doing with this. I'm actually a huge fan of the Zack Snyder movie, by the way. Um... I, it's one of the few graphic novels I've read, Watchmen, and the director's cut of the movie, not the theatrical cut, which is a bit of a mess, but the director's cut, which comes in at around the three-hour mark, I think is pretty solid. And I love the fact that with this TV show, they're basically saying, okay, all that's happened, and now this is a continuation, almost like what happens next in that world, in that universe where there were superheroes and they're now illegal, where America won the Vietnam War, Nixon stayed on as president for however many terms. And I just think the premise it's created, the world it's created, which clearly is saying more about contemporary America than anything else, is yeah. just brilliant. And I'm, I'm hooked already. I can't wait to watch the rest of episode one and all of episode two. James, the, I didn't watch episode two yet uh, because I was kind of savoring it. I actually yeah. wanted to, to get my girlfriend involved because I liked the first episode so much. Prepare to have your mind blown just from the second half of the first episode. I loved it. I love the aesthetic. What I really love about it is that it doesn't pander. Uh, 
it just th- thrusts you into this world and it doesn't explain it. It doesn't say what's going on and you kind of just have to figure it out as it's going along. I like but that a lot. But the film did that as well and the graphic novel does True. that as well. And as the story goes on, you get little glimpses into the past which help you piece together the overall world and the universe that the story is set in. Um, yeah. Are there any other TV shows that yeah, you're following right HBO now? Yeah, HBO is killing it right now. I, I just, all weekend, I, I binge-watched The Righteous Gemstones, uh, which I really enjoyed. I don't know if you've seen any of their other sort of series they've done, uh, Eastbound and Down and Vice Principals. It's like the same creative team. I that- did see Vice Principals. I watched a couple of episodes, didn't get into it. Yeah, I can understand why people wouldn't with that. That one definitely got better as it went along. Um I, I just think that I love the way that the, these guys basically it's basically a long movie is really all it is, uh, which are which are comedies, but pretty dark in general. Righteous Gemstones isn't quite as dark as the others, but man, is I, I really enjoyed it. Silicon Valley final season started on Sunday night. I did check that out. Loved it. I finally watched Chappelle's special that everyone was talking about. Thought that was nearly a masterpiece. There was a couple of moments where I did think he was like hitting a little low but not enough for it to be an outrage i was like oh i don't like this part that much the rest of it i thought was pretty much Chappelle genius um before we talk about what i did over the weekend which involved playing poker what did you get up to i will try to go through this as quickly as possible because i had three of the most interesting nights of my life over the weekend friday night Um, One of my girlfriend's friends is dating one of the original players from Molly's game. So so he's like almost a billionaire and he has this clubhouse, like basically this club that he owns. So it's like a private club that he threw a Halloween party at. And it was one of these Hollywood parties that... If you had a penis, it was very, very difficult to get invited. And so I went to this um, Halloween party where I dressed as Tony Stark. I don't know if you saw the photo, James. I dressed as Tony Stark for Halloween. I didn't see the photo, but I was with you when you were researching all of the various bits and pieces that you needed to buy, including the perfect sunglasses, the perfect jacket. Yeah, and so I dressed as Tony Stark, and my girlfriend dressed as... uh, Lilu from the fifth element who is not an altogether unsexy character, but I'll say this. She was overdressed. Um, every single girl at this party was wearing underwear more okay. or less. And so I felt like a real dork. Like every girl's like in lingerie. And I'm like, like this dorky comic book character. I will say this other than the, what it sounds like other than like the initial appeal. I fucking hated this party. <laughs> I was, I was, so happy to be invited and like i felt really honored because the guy uh is really cool to me he was actually at my house for my birthday a couple of weeks ago too which was very surreal to have this near billionaire at my party um and he's a super cool guy to me but i really hated everyone else at this party just couldn't st- paris hilton was there if that explains to you what this party she's was still like. a thing oh she i mean she's still alive i don't know if she's still a thing but um, and so did not have a blast there. Luckily, my girlfriend had a flight the next day, so we didn't stay very long. We left around two o'clock in the morning. No, no, we didn't stay very long. We left at 2 a.m. No, this a, is one of those parties that goes. Yeah, but leaving a party early is like you go at 9.30. 2 a.m. is going the distance. 
we didn't get there until close to 11. So um, we were not there for very long, I should say. Uh, the next night, however, one of my friends had a housewarming party. And she is my friend that writes that wrote for Boardwalk Empire and wrote for um, she wrote for Riverdale most recently. So all her friends came and there are people that worked on Watchmen and Westworld and uh, Tim Van Patten came, who directed wow. most of the episodes, yeah, of Boardwalk Empire. In this party now, this I loved. I was in my element. I was talking to people who wrote for The Flash and people writing for Batgirl. And that was really, like, a thing for me. That was way more interesting to me than all these, like, hot girls that had no interest in talking to me. I had no interest in talking to them. I thought that was going to be the highlight of my weekend. And then on Sunday, while well, I'm playing VR poker... I get a text from Norm McDonald and he says, there's a benefit at the comedy store tonight. Do you want to go with me? And I'm like, yeah, of course I do. So I end up going and picking up Norm and we go to the comedy store and it is a bill that I don't know if you'll know these names, James, but Whitney Cummings is on the bill. Joe Rogan is on the bill. Brian Callen is on the bill. And I ended up spending the night at the comedy store, both hanging out with those three guys backstage and Norm's old sidekick is this guy named Adam Egit, who is actually the manager of the comedy store and the guy who decides who gets on stage there and who doesn't as a as a paid regular. So I got to spend the whole night getting the VIP treatment at the comedy store, uh, kind of seeing what it's like if you're an actual big name that hangs out there. So between the lingerie party the party full of writers and the night of hanging out at the comedy store i had one of the best weekends of my life and that's not even including the vr poker win which we'll get to shortly absolutely because let's talk about me playing poker right now a substantially less interesting weekend than yours joe event recap event recap Because I was at the Hippodrome, actually, Lumberadian Piccadilly, as already mentioned, hosted by the Hippodrome, for the first UK leg of Moneymaker's Road to the PSPC. And I wasn't there for that long, Joe. So, spoiler alert, I did not cash, nor did I make the final oh. table or stand any chance of winning a Platinum Pass. But for the five and a bit hours I was there, had a great time, saw a few familiar faces, Ben Martin and Josh Brown from Australia, uh, who've both been super fans on the show in recent wow. weeks, gave Josh his goodie bag of prizes that he won uh, for the Departed quiz the other week. Um, oh, God, I'm setting him up here to do the awful impersonation. Christopher Wathen was there as James. well. James, James, I'm here for my platinum pass. And Asif, the poker tourist, who is chasing platinum for the second year in a row. Chasing platinum. And uh, Asif was actually at the same table as the host of the tour. At my table for a short time is a guy who I think you know, Joe, uh, Bruce Hearn. Yes, uh, Bruce so the Bruce hit you up to do a video? Yeah, he asked me to do a video for their poker league, and I thought it went fine. And then he reveals that the guy he asked to film it cut the first two minutes off. 
Correct. So the, what then what does Bruce do, James, is Bruce hits me up <laughs> to do an intro to the video, which I try to accommodate most people's requests when they ask me for things. And Bruce hit me up at a very um, busy time. He hit me up on Friday morning. As you can hear, James, I had a very busy weekend. Now, uh, yesterday, a couple of days ago, I, I obliged him. I recorded the intro and then he goes, Hey, yeah, I was hoping you could do another one with like a bunch of jokes and gags. And I was like, no, <laughs> you, sorry. You get no what reshoots. you get and you don't get upset. Exactly. I wish I knew that phrase. I said, I, I almost said you get what you, it's like, it is what it is. I'm not doing any reshoots. You're welcome. Oh man. Uh, someone else who I met at the venue, Mark, a regular podcast listener, along with his son. Mark, where is your super fan application? You certainly qualify as a super fan. So tell us your specialist subjects. We'd love to have you on the show. Um, I was very happy with my table drawer as well. I was on table one, which means you know you're not going to break. So you're probably going to play with these guys for as long as you're Hopefully lasts. all day. <laughs> yeah. Um, the first chap I met uh, was Stephen on my left, who is a... Um, MTT and Spin and Go Grinder from the southwest of the UK. And Stephen actually went on to make the final table. He finished in eighth place in the end. Um, Stephen is the beneficiary of my chips, which we'll come to later on. And I was happy to field questions from the table. Numerous people asking, do we still do a podcast? Which again, means we have to remind everyone that if you subscribe... It automatically drops on whatever device you listen to it on. Uh, and there were requests for the Chop Pot song as well. And here is my view on that. Fine, but you have to join in. I don't like going solo. So when the rest of the table fails to join in, as far as I'm it's concerned, it, it, it doesn't work. And first time, it was an epic disaster. Second time, a few people tried. And I will give marks for effort. But... Words of the wise, if you are going to demand the Chop Pot song, when strictly yeah. speaking I'm not on duty, you have to come along for the ride. Um, I finally get it, by the way, when like, you know what, like one hit wonders must feel like when they go somewhere and they're like, do Ice Ice Baby? And you're like, <laughs> <sighs> all right. Um, nothing much to talk about as far as the poke is concerned. Perfectly fine structure, 30,000 starting stack, blinds at 100-100 with a 30-minute clock. And I always take the view, I don't start worrying about how many chips I have until I drop below the 50 big blind mark. So during those <laughs> first few levels, I'm quite happy to just kind of play as many hands as possible. And I, I think that's the point, right? That's what the yeah. whole... Absolutely. And my stack went up, it went down, it went up, it went down. I had a couple of good hands with, uh, with with trip aces, with a set of sevens, but generally nothing particularly exciting to report. And then you get to that point where maybe you skip a couple of blind levels and you suddenly realize, okay, I've been keeping my stack above starting stack. I've been keeping it above average, but now I'm in that kind of 35 to 40 big blind mark and I have yeah. to be a, a little bit tighter now. And I was playing around 35 bigs i think at the start of the hand um and at the, it was at the 600 1200 blind level i had about 42k and i'm in mid position with ace king suited ace of spades king of spades i raise i face That's a three a bet hand i face a three bet from steven who is directly on my left uh and comes back to me and i'm not going to four bet small as far as i'm concerned i'm going to get the fold equity with 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 that with this hand i move all in he calls with queens it's a race 
the sickest and classicest of them all. And as I tweeted at the time, the moment that two spades hit the flop, I knew I was done because we've been there so many times. And all I can visualize is on the stream or the TV show where it suddenly goes from six outs in the top left-hand corner to suddenly there's 14. 15 of them. And I'm like, yeah. nah, nah, not going to happen. And sure enough, brick, brick. But, and this is the part of the story I did not tell, I was not out. I had my coat on. I was walking out the door. But the dealer and the floor person did account. I still had 300 chips, which I think you will find is half of a small blind. A chip in a chair, James? I did say that my good friend Joe Stapleton coined a phrase back in 2015, and I was going to apply it. And you know what? For one hand, I did. Because the very next hand, Joe, with my 300 chips, I had ace-jack. And the player to my immediate right raised. So remember, blinds are 6-12. So he raises. I call all in for just 300. Everyone else folds. What? He has ace eight and ace jack holds. And here's the thing with the big blind ante, you get an extra special bonus because not only do I get 300 from the player who raised, 300 from the small blind, and 300 from the big blind, I get the full 1200 big blind ante. So suddenly I've gone from 300 to 2400 chips. Happy days. That's two big blinds. But. And what position are you in though? But the next hand, I've got six five of hearts, and I figure. I've got to keep going. I've got to keep gambling. I've got to keep trying to spin this up. Unfortunately, Stephen, who had queens, the hand before last, now has kings. What? I know. It's not meant to happen, right? So unfair. 6-5 um, did not improve. Kings held. And Stephen won that hand and took his pretty big stack. I think he may well have been the chip leader at the end of that flight to the final table, but fell short of winning the Platinum Pass. We'll talk about winners of Moneymaker events in just a moment. But this tour, of course, is all about the man, the myth, the legend. And briefly, because I wasn't there for that long, I did get to say hello to the host of this event. We can spend a bit more time with him now because he's with us in the studio. Welcome back to Poker in the Ears, Christopher Moneymaker. What's up, guys? How are we doing? I think, is Moneymaker our number one guest as far as number of appearances, or is it Lex? It's got to be close. No, no, I think you may now be tied I was about with someone else. Jason Mercia for most number of appearances on this podcast. Which, Somehow, is, a, which we, is a really weird one to be tied I know, with, because had, he doesn't do a whole lot of media. We had Jason on like three times in like two years, I think. He's one of the least dynamic guests you can possibly have on a show. What are we doing? <laughs> To be well, fair, he, he was wins. actually pretty good value all three times. I mean, he's a nice guy. He's a super nice guy. Just he's very bland, like he, very to the point. Well, guess what, Chris? Sometimes me and James are able to get a little personality out of some typically bland people like you. <laughs> it started already. I was going to say, Chris, I was actually going to come in with a compliment because I just mentioned that I didn't make it beyond like the fifth or sixth seventh or eighth level i think of, of of the moneymaker event but not only did you manage to make it to the end of day one you managed to make it into day one with about six hundred thousand chips and you made it to the last two tables right i did yeah i ran really bad late um i should have won but it didn't happen but but oh well the weird thing is that you have a ridiculous track record 
in these yeah. events. So clearly, this is your level. You've got to stick to playing 100-pound buy-in tournaments, and you are will be set for life. You don't think I know this? I've told <laughs> Poker Stars this from day one. <laughs> I mean, this I told them this is my bread and butter. I've, I mean, I've told them that for the last 15 years. They keep wanting to send me to EPTs and everything. Like, we want Joe and, and James to commentate on your play on the big stage. I'm like, no, just put me at the 100 and let them commentate there, because that's when I so, can make it. But it did take did me eight win. bullets. You did win two of these events the last time around, right? I did. That is insane. So I, I got to ask, do you play these any differently than you would play a 10K or a 5K? Well, of course. You, you got to. to. Yeah, the players are different. You have to play. Um, I don't. I play a lot more exploitively when I play these. I mean, I'm taking lines that are, if I would have taken them in a 10K, would just never fly because players are too good and would pick me up. Um, I really play um, suboptimally in these events just because I know people are never folding top pair. They're never, you know, I'll, I'll vastly, vastly overbet hands based on just knowing what my opponents have um, more frequently in these events, and I just know they'll never fold. Okay, so when you say that you so you do play them differently, but then also the the amount of effort that you're putting in, your desire to win, I guess, is about the same. You really are putting in your full effort or are you just sort of binking these deep runs based on just sort of goofing off no i mean i'm putting in the 100 percent effort i mean i'll be honest when i'm there i'm having fun i mean it's all about you know the enjoyment i mean my my goal is done when someone if i bust somebody or they bust me they want a picture after we're done that's really what this tournament's all about um, but I'm taking it 100% serious. I take every tournament I play 100% serious. Obviously, I would like to win the million-dollar tournaments, and, I mean, those are going to be better long-term for everything. But, you know what? You take your run good where you get it. I mean, I, it's funny. For the last five or six years, I always tell my wife, if I need, like, a two-outer and it's an $80 tournament, I'm binking the, the <laughs> hell out of that thing. If I need to avoid, dodge a two-outer and a 10K, there's no way in hell I'm, I'm missing it. It's just like you having all the run good, Joe, in your Play Money VR events. Oh yeah, no, I ran like absolute like a. Did like you a, did you win one? I finished second, first sixty million. Wow, you are you are you in line to be the Poker Stars VR ambassador? That is the you ambition. know I'm just uh, I'm, I, I feel I, like it was the ambition, but it's the second like probably places. probably yes, but I may uh, no. I saw how much effort some of the other people are putting into it, and I kind of feel guilty now. So I'm I haven't given up on it completely, but uh, there are people who are out there working at it every day. Oh, they uh, love that so, VR stuff. The, the some that VR community is really, really strong. Yeah, it's uh, we're gonna we're gonna get to that later in the show. But yeah, it is it, it, it's super fun. I'm enjoying it a lot. Uh, so, Chris, you talked about how when you uh, are in these events, when you bust somebody, they bust you. They want to get in a photo. So, Chris got to Reno uh, after a rather arduous journey. I think that I will let him tell you about. But when he showed up, he was in. Look, he was still doing what he needed to do, but he was in no mood, especially to deal with me. I mean, so, he'd only been flying for like three consecutive days through 17 cities with no luggage. Why would he not be in the best possible mood? To deal, exactly. to deal with Joe. <laughs> so he, he crept into the room, right? It's this big room where basically everyone hangs out for the whole week at Reno. And he like crept into the room and had like a hat on, pulled down low, and was like talking to a couple of people. And I'm just like, Chris Moneymaker here, everybody. If you want a picture with Chris Moneymaker, now's the time. That's what he's here for. Come get your picture. 
picture with Chris. Come get your picture with Chris Moneymaker. Hey, you, sir, do you want a picture with Chris Moneymaker? He's right here. We're doing pictures right now. Come on. And Chris is like, shut the fuck up. Shut your fucking mouth right now. I'm just trying to, just trying to get acclimated for a second. This is Joe. This is what I put up with. Oh, man. I mean, we have to talk about this journey. So this was you. Because the first thing to say is that the Moneymaker Tour was an exclusively American tour first time around. Now Moneymaker's Road to PSPC is international. You started in Sochi. Then you went to Reno. Now you're doing all these events in the UK and Ireland. So you had to go from Sochi to Reno. Just remind us of the route that you had to take. So first of all, I want to. There, there's a, someone that works with me. His name's Brandon. I want to throw him under the bus here. He scheduled this. I mean, at what point do you not it, get that email and go, what the fuck, dude? Change this shit. I did. I think Brandon's frosted tips have soaked through to his brain. I did, but then he, he threw, well, he proceeded to throw Gary Gates under the bus. Oh, wow. So basically uh, shit Gary rolling. Gates is poker star's royalty. <laughs> yeah, he just <laughs> threw Gary Gates under the bus. Brandon threw Gary Gates under the bus and said that he's he booked all this for you. So I was like, well, can we fix it? Because, I mean, that... I, from Istanbul to LA, there's a direct flight. I checked. So, but I went from Sochi to Istanbul, Istanbul to London, London to Detroit, and then Detroit to Salt Lake City, Salt Lake City to Reno. How do you get not? How do you not get direct from fucking Detroit to Reno? What? The, it's like they added a stop just for laughs. <laughs> I, think, I think they added the whole thing for laughs. But the problem is, is I ended up in Detroit on the way because my flight in London got delayed. My luggage stayed in London and I didn't get my luggage back until I got back here in London for the like the whole month later next trip. My luggage was waiting for me here in London. I just told them just to leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> they, they sent it back to me and I could, they I'm never got back to me. in two weeks. Leave it. Yeah. Finally, yeah, that's what I told myself. Listen, I'm going back to London. Just yeah. leave it there. Because I naively thought, okay, so Chris is coming over for Lex Live, then he's got Sochi, and then he's coming back for like the Moneymaker events in the UK. I had no idea you would get that American stop in the middle of it all. But with the different stops, with the different countries, I guess there's a difference. Because a Moneymaker event in Reno or uh, in any of the other places you took the tour last year is going to be very different to uh, the one at Casino Sochi. Oh, for sure. I mean, Casino Sochi was a unique experience. First of all, First of all, if, if you've never been there, it's it's a really cool city. Yes. Um, and poker is really thriving there. I want to say it's, you know, when you go to a place like Sochi, it's uh, kind of reminds me of like 2007, 2008 poker. It's a lot of fans, a lot of people that are. Yeah, well, I mean, they're just getting 2007 TV shows over there, so it makes sense. I hope they're not getting poker in the ears over there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, it's it is it's just a different environment altogether. They're they're really big poker fans, and uh, so it's it's a fun experience over there. Um, you know, you come over to Reno, and you know Jason's group is a is a phenomenal group. But you know they've been around for a while, and uh, you know when I come in that room, it's more like friends and that I've seen forever than you know a lot of fans. And then you have people like Joe that just want to embarrass the living hell out of you, and that's most of the room as it is. Because I wanted to look up, there's been three events so far, and obviously I was at the one in London, which Andrew Barham won on this last Sunday. And he and, cried, which was amazing. It was oh, so cool. bless him. Um, Drew Gonzalez won the event in Reno. I didn't know who'd won the event in Sochi, so I had to look it up. The winner's photo is amazing. This guy, Vadim Gaiduk, who won the Sochi event, looks so miserable in his winner's photo. Does he realize the value of what he's actually won? Well, we couldn't speak to him because, or I couldn't speak to him because he didn't speak English. So when we got down to the end, first of all, he didn't like to smile. He, he didn't like his teeth. So he's like, no smile. Okay. Uh. So um, he, he wasn't a big smiler. 
he didn't want to show his mouth. Um, his, but, but he kept pointing to his mouth and saying no. Um, so I'm assuming he didn't like his teeth. That's what I sort of gathered from that, I guess. I don't know why else he wouldn't want to smile. But. He was telling Chris he had bad breath. He's like, Chris, close your mouth if you can. <laughs> you're you're blowing me away. This, I mean, this is what I, why? Don't, don't you have a gig somewhere that you can go do that actually pays you? Unfortunately, no. We, we had to cancel it. Zero tickets sold. So it's just me and you, buddy. Well, I'm opening a car dealership next week. Maybe you can come visit. <laughs> <laughs> your schedule is too busy to do any kind of openings because this is true. you've I'm... got more stops coming up. So we're recording this on a Wednesday. Where are you the rest of this week? I'm going up to Newcastle tomorrow. I'm heading up there Thursday, and uh, I'll be up there for the weekend in Newcastle. We're going to have a... Road to Moneymaker event up there, and then we come back down here to Aspers, and uh, it's on the east side of London, which is where Lex Live was, which was yep, Stratford. Stratford, that's it. So we'll be in Stratford um, for that week, and then I'll go home on the 11th of November, uh, spend about 10 days at home, see the wife and kids, and actually you know, get to actually see what their faces look like other than on FaceTime, and then fly right back over to Dublin, um, 24th or 21st through 24th is Dublin. And I do have your itinerary here, Chris. So you're going to be going uh, after the event in London. You'll be flying to Paris, from Paris to Madrid, then from Jesus. Madrid to New York, New York down to Miami. And then and, back to London? Uh, back to London, and then back over to your home. So uh, that will be the trip you'll be doing. Thanks, Gary Gates. Appreciate <laughs> that. Oh, my God. That is insane. I've had some pretty insane Joe, Joe, travel. Joe, Joe, that was a bit. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, we have to walk them through it. It's what's okay. amazing is that that sounds eminently plausible based on the trip that they actually booked you for your last trip to Reno. Sadly, yes, it does now. I mean, I got it was a bit right away, obviously, and Joe's not quite smart enough, but he should no, be. No, but there's wait, which? But some of those are real. Like Newcastle's real, right? Back to London. No, no, real. no, no, no. The flight from London to Paris to Madrid to New York to Miami to when Chris says he's flying back home. Oh, I thought they were just. Those were all the stops Chris was doing. No. And I was like, you guys are blowing right through Thanksgiving and Christmas. Oh, pay attention. I had to beg to get Christmas off. It was nice. So after Newcastle, that event is actually across two sites, right? Because you can start in London or in Milton Keynes and the field merges. And that's the event that we're actually going to be streaming. So there's going to be a two-day live stream on the Saturday and the Sunday. Because I think that event also has one of these Platinum Pass experience sit-and-goes, like the one they had at Lex Live. Oh, nice. Yeah, so there's going to be a Platinum Pass given away on the Saturday. And then obviously the winner of the main event on the Sunday. And... Are you going to be up there? I will be. I will be broadcasting, and assuming that you don't make another deep run, I'm hoping you can join me in the booth. Yeah, I'll be in the booth with you. That'll be fun. Um, because the other big difference from last year is these events now have multiple starting flights and are taking more than one or two days. Yeah, well, you know, last year, you know, the first the, the price point was eighty six dollars, which was what I did when I won, and now they've changed it to more be the one hundred forty, one hundred fifty, which at the end of the day doesn't really change a whole lot. Um, the only thing it does do is now we have a road to, you know, a Cari's road to PSPC down in Brazil. I think Cal has one in, in France. Um, so it lets them, you know, open it up and play with a little bit more international areas and also increases the price pool a little bit and also lets the, the VIG, you know, not play as much of a role. And some of the stops on season one, we had the VIG was really high. Some spots, you know, each individual property sets their own price and, yeah. Um, but it's hard to set a price on an $86 tar tournament to make it profitable. And What I like about the new increased buy-in is that the prizes for the non-Platinum Pass winner have gotten better. And I think that, you know, I think that 
obviously doubling it is is significant, but also I think that most people that can play an $86 tournament can also play like a 175. And now at least if you don't win the platinum pass, you can still score. You can still have like a really solid cash. I know in Reno, second place prize was like 10K or something, right? Yeah, so, that, that's a big difference. So that's a huge prize for a $175 tournament. Yeah. Now I did win like on two of the two, the two wins I had were like 16 and 17 K. Um, so even at $86, we had so many people show up for the events that, I mean, it, it was amazing. And, uh, I would say that Sochi, the, the turnout was really good for Sochi. It's really hard. Um, I mean, I won't say it's really hard. It's just a weird, it's a unique spot. There's so, no locals playing. There's not that many locals in Sochi. Right. And so we had over 900 people, though, still show up for that event, which is amazing. Um, here in London, we actually had pretty low numbers, which is good if you're trying to get a pass. Yeah. Um, there's a tournament, there's several tournaments going on at the same time, and they put big overlays or big guarantees on them. And it kind of hurt the attendance. And we, you know, end up having, I think it was, I want to say 600 people or something like that. Yeah, around that. Um, which is still a good turnout, but again, it's lower than what we had um, last year. Um, I expect Newcastle and Stratford to be really big, though. Now, obviously, Joe's thrilled to hear the UK's getting all these events, but that doesn't really help him because he's not allowed in this country anymore. So when are you taking the tour back to the U.S.? Well, uh, for sure, we're going to be in Miami at, in December. We, knew, we do know that. We're going to be in Brazil in December as well. After we get done with Dublin, um, myself and Bruce Buffer are going down to the BSOP and join Akari for his road to cool. the PSPC, and that'll be the first week of December. And then run. Right are you? Are we sure Bruce doesn't think BSOP stands for the Buffer series of poker? Uh, he does, but it's okay. It's it's yeah. fine. Yeah. I mean, we, we let him go with that. We actually, I called him that in a in a conference call. I said the Buffett series of poker. That's so how. He, uh, that's the only way you can get him to go. Yeah, he was excited about that. So, and uh, so yeah, we're going down there, and then we have Miami the at the Hard Rock down in. Oh uh, yeah. In Miami, we're gonna have. I think we're giving away a couple different passes at that stop, and that'll be the first stop in the u.s um so after there we we really don't exactly know after the holidays what we're going to do we know know we're going to have some in canada or we want to have some in canada we're going to have some in the u.s and then we're hopefully going to come international again um it's kind of all a work in process um but i know if you watch the poker stars blog there's going to be updates all the time on how to get passes through the road to the moneymaker road and also Many different ways. They're giving away passes a lot of different ways this year, as you know. Yeah, and as you know, not every single avenue has been uh, been announced yet, and I'm sure we'll learn more when we hit January 2020. Okay, you know what's coming, don't you? I just saw it on the on the piece of paper. Really, I mean, Joe's already smiling. It's customary, yeah. Chris, that when you appear on either the live stream as a guest or on the podcast, that you are forced to play a round of Chris Moneymaker. Is that your real name? Yeah, I get it. All right. So it turns out there is uh, actual real words to describe the things that I'm talking about. I'm surprised, Chris. You may know what they are, considering you are one of them. They're, it's called aptonym. I'm, I'm assuming it's where your profession or whatever you do symbolizes your name. Your name and like, yes, yeah. exactly. It's called an aptonym, or it's also called nominative determinism. That sounds really. I'm very determined. Determinism. I like that. <laughs> That is the biggest word Chris has said in a very long time. I didn't even say the whole word. I don't even know how to say the whole word. It just sounded really cool. 
Time for another round of Chris Moneymaker. Is that your real name? And the crucial thing about this is you know what happens if you get a question wrong. Um, I forgot. Don't what is You'll it? be asked the question, Chris Moneymaker, is that your real name? And you have to say, yes, it is. Now, you realize I, I've had to sit with Asif um, for the last, <laughs> like, three days in London. And constantly he's asking me on video, is that your real name? <laughs> I fear he may have stolen it from us. He, I'm pretty sure he did, but the point is, is I got seated next to him like almost every day one. So immediately he brings out the camera. <laughs> so thank you for this, guys. Platinum passes for your ass if. Here we go, guys. Question number one. Who wrote the book Pole Positions, the Polar Regions, and the Future of the Planets? Was it... Bernard Blizzard, Daniel Snowman, Paul R. Caps, or Mel Tor? Snowman. Daniel Snowman is correct. Oh. One for one. I've heard, I've read, I've heard, I've read all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Who are the authors of a groundbreaking 1977 medical article on? Incontinence, aka urology. Was it Drip and Leaker, <laughs> Dribble and Shakes, Stream and Wiener, or Splat and Weeden? One of those is the actual answer. <laughs> can can you go through this one more time? I got really caught off guard. Drip and leaker, dribble and shakes, stream and wiener, splat and weeden. I'm going to say the wiener one just because I hope it's right. Chris Moneymaker, is that your real name? Yes, it is. (laughs) What was the actual answer? Splat and weeden. Wow. (sighs) Question number three. I knew wiener wasn't right, but I just had to say it. Wiener's like a pretty common last name, though. It's probably the most common of all the last names in that position. Uh, Question number three. Who wrote the book London Under London, A Subterranean Guide? Was it Richard Trench, David X. (laughs) Cavate, Anthony Hole, or Sir Robert Gutter? Uh, It's not going to be Sir. It's going to be the third one, the Hole. Anthony Hole, Chris Moneymaker, is that your real name? God bless, I guess. <laughs> Richard Trench, Richard Trench. <sighs> We've got a lot of uh, British ones, by the way, for the London stops of the Moneymaker tour, for the Love UK it. stops. We got more? Uh, oh, yeah, we have seven there's, questions. There's, you have four seven? more to go. <laughs> four to go, Joe. It is always coming seven. Question number four. This man was once the UK Association of Chief Police Officers Spokesman on Knife Crime. This is from the year 2008. So the spokesman for UK Knife Crime in 2008 was it Michael Myers, Theodore Bundy, Alfred Hitchcock, you got to be kidding or me, Ed- or Edward Gade. You've got to really be kidding me at this point. I'm going to go with Michael Myers. Michael Myers. Chris Moneymaker, is that your real name? No, it's not. (laughs) Alfred Hitchcock. 
Oh, what the? crime in the UK. Which of these two folks, these two pairings, were the authors of the book The Imperial Animal? Where do you find was this it? stuff? The internet was is a marvelous it? resource. Lionel Tiger and Robin Fox, Cat Bird and Buck Fish. No way. Lark Salmon and Raven Swan. Potential. Bir- Birdie Turtle and Wolf Giraffe. There's no way. No, no one's called Wolf Giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> I've got to go with Lark Salmon and Raven Swan. Chris Moneymaker, is that your real name? <laughs> yes, <laughs> Lionel Tiger and Robin Those were the two I was trying to decide between. No one's Buckfish or Wolf Giraffe. (laughs) (laughs) You did terrible making those names up. Question number six. I still missed it. A former chief, the former chief justice of England and Wales. Which of these people was the former chief justice of England and Wales? Was it Igor Judge? You know this, right? Nigel Ruling, Jonathan Robespierre, Archibald Justice. Archibald Justice. Chris Moneymaker, is that <sighs> your real name? You think eventually I would just get one of these right by mistake. Yes, it is. Igor Judge. Oh, my God. All right, last question. This one is from the United States of America. Okay, I'll get this one then. I'm suited for it. In the year 2016, which of the following of these people was an in-house lawyer for a company called Think Passenger Incorporated? Was it Lawsuit, Sue You, Mott Guilty, or Court Dismiss? It's got to be Sue You. That, that's Sue a, is correct. That's Good a real job. name. Yes. That's a real name. We go out on a high. Uh, I think so I got you, two out of seven. Two out of seven, yeah. That's not bad. So, I mean, that's passing and where I come from in the U.S. So. <laughs> How is two out of seven a passing score anywhere not in the world? only are they illiterate there, but they're bad at math, too. No, my wife, actually, we were just talking today. Uh, a friend of ours goes to the public school there, and she got a 63 on a test in eighth grade. And they, they bumped her up to an A. Okay. Uh, grade, graded on the curve. Okay. Uh, oh go from an F to an A. So, yeah, I passed. Well, Two of seven, that's <laughs> an A. Congratulations on your A-plus score. All right. Quiz, Chris. Uh, look Welcome to, to America. You at Aspers in a couple of weeks' time, and uh, good luck with the rest of the tour. Look, I can't wait to see you there. Um, are you going to play? Uh, no, because I'm going to be streaming. You're not going to stream day one? No, but I can't play an event that I know I can't make day two of. You've never been to Run It Up, have you? No. I'll tell you what, if you make day two, I'll stream for you. I'm definitely not playing. I've got to think of the audience here. I think Everybody. the audience wants... First of all, have you made a day two? Yes. Of a, not of a moneymaker event, but of these kind of buying events. Yeah. Joe will tell you, I'm a serial min crusher. Oh, yeah. He min crushes. You're a min crusher? Oh, nice. I did not know you were a min crusher. Oh, yeah. I think you should play. I mean, one of us will get in the booth. Oh, sorry. Before we let Chris go, I have one other thing I have to read to him. This no, guy, I'm, I got to go. I, I'm sorry. Um, uh, unfortunately, they said that I had to be here till four, and it's four o five. This guy, you got to hear this. This guy on Facebook sent me a message. He's like, "You might want to talk to Chris about this." Oh, good lord. Uh, from Sam, my good friend Sam. Nothing good. He says, the best, by the way, 
A semi-serious message for once. I don't know what your relationship with Chris is like. Not in that way. But someone needs to tell him to not carry on using his iPad when he's using the urinal. As much as it's fairly grim, it's a bad look for the one person in the room who knows everyone. I 100% saw him walk in as I was leaving the gents with the iPad glued to his arm and screen on. Gross. First of all, I put it down when I go in there, but I take it and I put it on the counter. Yes, yeah, so I walked into the bathroom with it. Now, I, I usually do, but I usually do put it down on the counter. I don't actually have a problem with that. I will take my phone. I'm so attached to my phone. I will generally sit it on top of the urinal and continue reading whatever it is I'm doing while I'm in the bathroom. So I will allow it. Why would you confess that? What's, it, what's to confess about? What's wrong with it? Well... We'll, we'll, we'll talk later. Uh, Chris, thank you very much for your time and uh, enjoy the rest of your travels. I hope they're not as traumatic as your last trip. As long as Gary does not, or Brandon, whoever it was, doesn't. And oh, by the way, coming back over here, I was in the middle seat the entire way. <laughs> they just really hate me. See, Joe, it's not just Not you. only do they hate Chris, they hate the people sitting next to him. <laughs> they did move, actually. They spread out, and I, I was the <laughs> Thank you, Chris. I'm I'm glad I'm here for you guys to really laugh at. And thanks for having me on. And uh, see you see you soon. Poker in the ears. Adventures in online poker. So, as you know, James, I am. Uh, well, I had originally thought I was going to try to make a play to become the VR poker ambassador, to become Team Pro VR, whatever it is they're doing with the thing. Yep. And then I saw how seriously some of the actual VR poker players are taking it. And I was like, you know what? I don't even really deserve this. I don't even really. I mean, I would love to be a part of this, but. There are people who are out grinding every day. Well, that's the thing. Uh, I think it's the commitment of time that I don't think you're able to give to this. I think if correct. you were in a position to be streaming six to eight hours a day, five days a week, maybe you'd be in with a shot. Exactly. And unfortunately, with the fact that I need, I already have bills to pay, I can't keep up with that right now with other things what I've got going mean? on. What do you mean? I mean, you can win genuine play money chips in these things. Yes. And I... I, I don't know if I will be able to explain it to you guys well enough. The chips obviously don't have a dollar for dollar value, but they do have value to you. Of course. They, they, it's, and it's not like back in the day when you would play on Facebook or whatever and everyone or Yahoo, right? And you just move all in every hand. It's not like that. At the low stakes table, is sort of is for the amount of money that you can like reload every day. We talked about once, this. We, I mean, we talked about this a, a couple of weeks ago, right? And yeah, when, once people were able to start purchasing the chips, yeah. of course they have value, and people do take these games seriously, especially in a market like the U.S., where in most states there is no other poker. Exactly. So I missed the first day of this event, which I actually would have played. Uh, I just wasn't staying on top of it. I had just gotten back from a trip. I had all these parties. Um, but then on Sunday, luckily, I, I caught the fact that there was going to be a high roller. So I jump in the high roller. The format is interesting. Now, the software, you know, they're still working on being able to do MTTs on the software. So the way they set it up is uh, there's shootouts. Yeah. 
And so there were uh, like, I think six four handed shootouts. And in my first one, I ran like an absolute God. Like I just. So just to be clear, this is a high roller event. So what is the buy-in for this? The buy-in was 25 million chips. Wow. That is a significant buy-in. I mean, I think I have about 6 million chips in my play money account. So I can't, I wouldn't be able to run with the high rollers on PokerStars VR. Yeah. And I don't want to get it wrong, but I think that. 25 million in chips is close is like has has a significant dollar amount attached to it so it is not insignificant um and so yeah four-handed i ran like absolute god i just smashed everybody was really funny there were two uh lady players at my table and i was asking them if they were single and one of them told me this one girl has such a thick new york accent she's hilarious and um she was like, no, I'm not single. And then she looked me up and she goes, oh, my God, you are hot as shit. I might be single. <laughs> and it was a, it was a really again, it's this weird combination of live and online poker that really is pretty unique because you still interact with people the way you would at a at a live table. But somehow more. Because it's online. You know how you'd say things to people online you wouldn't always say to them in real life? That sort of translates a little bit. So I can't even really explain. And you're streaming this, this whole thing, right? Yes, I am streaming it. Um, so I made the final table where I continued to run like God, uh, where I knocked out, I think, four of the six players at the final table, at least three. And then I got to heads up where I think I played a hand pretty bad. Um, I, I I don't really remember the details of it, except for that I had the queen, queen of spades, queen eight with the queen of spades. And I really do, I guess, need to study how to play heads up poker if I'm going to be playing more often, because I realize I don't really, even all the commentary I've done, I'm still not really sure like what hands I should be playing pre-flop and uh, what I should be calling and what I should be raising. So I played this queen eight hand with the, with the uh, queen of spades and the flop came down three spades and I decided to kind of float the flop with the queen of spades. And I think I turned a straight draw and then the final spade hit the river, the fourth spade and I bet river and got raised all in for one of these amounts where I was like, ah, I got to call. And I don't think I had to call. I think I probably should have folded. I think you have to fold. That's one of those spots where you're probably not being raised as a bluff. Yeah, and I definitely was. And I think I just wasn't thinking hard enough and just sort of insta-called when I should have been folding. And that changed the chip lead. I had like a pretty significant... Oh, well, one thing that happened was that um, when we got to heads up, there was a bit of a glitch. And so even though I had the slight chip lead, we restarted heads up with even stacks. Um, which was like, not that big of a deal. I think like, I think I maybe had like a 6,000 to 5,000 chip lead, uh, over my opponent when, when we actually got to heads up. So that was like, you know, a slight wrinkle and thing. So when, when I lost this hand, that's when it was like a significant chip lead for my opponent. And I never really came back after that. Um, but one thing that they're doing now, which is awesome, and I was happy to be a part of it, is that they're doing TV shows in VR world where they have 
the two hosts of the show will populate a table and then they'll have me, the guest, come sit at the table because they have all these props. They have microphones. And so you sit there with microphones and get interviewed. So let me get this right. Someone is putting on a TV show in the virtual reality world, which you are then streaming on the internet. Yeah, so my my version of it, you know, my angle of it got streamed, but it got recorded by these two guys that were uh, that interviewed me, and they put it out later on. I tweeted it. If you guys want to go back to my tweets for the weekend, I, I retweeted it. Um, so it's just a very interesting, again, the community of this VR poker continues to be the most interesting aspect of this, that they have their own recaps, their own TV shows. I think uh, Growler and Windward both do these um, sort of weekly recap shows where they make them funny. They're they're like genuinely pretty funny, interesting. They put up, you know, uh, photos and graphics like you're watching a real uh, sort of like an Entertainment Tonight style show about the VR poker world. And I'll say this, this dude Windward, uh, I watched his show before I played this weekend and he had the perfect quote. I think that I will probably use to describe VR poker to, for the end of my days, which is it's not real money, but it is life or death. <laughs> it's that classic. It's not brain surgery. It's much more important than that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, by the way, all these people you're meeting in the VR poker world, people like growler. If any of them want to come on the podcast as a super fan, they can apply. Oh, Growler is certainly a super fan. I think she'd enjoy it very much. You hear that, Growler? Let's go get involved. Yeah, reminder, if you want to apply to be on the podcast, just tell us your specialist subject and tweet using the hashtag poker in the ears. Uh, we may be pretty much booked up to the end of 2019 now, but hopefully, can't confirm yet, but hopefully this podcast will get recommissioned in 2020 and we need to start booking super fans for the new year and talking of superfans, it's the perfect segue. One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out, and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's Superfan versus Stakes. Please welcome to the podcast, Jason Warnholtz. Greetings, Jason. Hey, James. Hey, Joe. How you doing? What's up, Jason? How you doing, pal? Uh, doing good. Thanks for having me, guys. Where are you calling from? I'm in uh, Sherbrooke, Quebec, actually. So, uh, yeah, part, part of the Eastern Townships. You'll notice that I'm an English-speaking Quebecer, so the Eastern Townships is uh, known for having a few uh, few more Anglophones than the rest of the province. Sherbrooke, Quebec. Sherbrooke. Sherbrooke. <laughs> Hold on. I'm looking it up. I want to see how far north it is. There we go. Let's see. Map about, about 45 minutes from Vermont. Oh, close. Yeah, so almost an American. That's like where Super Troopers 2 takes place, more or less. Exactly, yeah, crossing the border to get Putin, or Poutine. So, Jason, what is your deal, bro? I was waiting for that question, James. Uh, I'm a 36-year-old guy from Sherbrooke, Quebec, as I said. I'm married. I have uh, six-year-old twin boys. And uh, as for my job, I've actually worn a few few different hats the last few years. I did 10 years as a stockbroker. And I did uh, one year negotiating hospital bills in the U.S. And actually, funny enough, uh, the same week I found out I was coming on the show, I 
accepted a job opportunity as an account executive for an IT company that uh, specializes in, cl- in cloud services. So my journey to Superfan oh my is God. Uh, now complete. So what that is fuck? basically you realizing I've accepted the invitation to come on Poker in the Ears as a Superfan. It's therefore essential that I find a job in IT before I speak to them. Exactly. I got I to gotta help out the nerd de- demographic on the podcast. So. It sounds like Jason's quite a successful fellow. I bet the, I bet the quality of life in Sherbrooke's pretty good for a guy who uh, has some pretty solid jobs. Well, you know, some decent jobs over the years. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I actually moved to, uh, to the kind of the smaller, smaller part of Quebec because uh, I was living in Ottawa and the commute was an hour and a half each way. So uh, yeah, I figured it'd take a slower life. But hey, I was kind of hoping that uh, since we'd be talking about a Spider-Man origin story, I was wondering if I could talk to you a bit about my poker origin story. We would love it. Okay, good. So I started playing back in 98, actually. So pre-rounders. I was 16. What? Uh, yeah, I know. I'm one of the rare ones. But uh, I was on my, uh, played hockey on my high school hockey team, and we would travel for tournaments. And uh, at nights, I'd, I'd, we'd stay in a hotel. And one of the nights I noticed, uh, you know, six guys and our, our two coaches sitting around a table and they had a bunch of loose change and a deck of cards. And, you know, I, I sat down, learned the games and just remember being completely uh, in love with it. And, uh, yeah, played quite a bit. We used to actually uh, put hockey bags in the aisle of the school bus and play on the way to games <laughs> as a makeshift table. Sorry, I should say. So do you think that had you in a better position by the time when like poker became really popular were you pretty good at it at that point um well we played mostly mixed games right so before rounders you know texas holden it was more of like a five card stud type of thing got it but uh when we when we uh you know a couple of the friends and i uh, my friends and i we were at school we wanted to play so we uh said well where can we do this so we tried to fire up a game on the cafeteria table that was quickly shut down because, well, gambling at school is apparently frowned upon. And uh, so we moved to a vacant classroom. A teacher shut that down for the same reason. So, you know, at this point, we needed a place to play. So we walked around our school, and we finally found that perfect spot. It was the far back left corner of our gymna- gymnasium's locker room. <laughs> so we had, a, we had a, a, a daily game for months on end in our, in our gym, gymnasium locker room. I, that actually really terrifies me that you could get away with that for that long in the gym locker room. What else was happening in the corner of that gym locker room before the poker game that no adult was apparently paying attention to? That's where you need the most adult supervision. <laughs> exactly. No, there was funny enough. There was a, it's weird to think about it now, but there was a window on the side of the wall that was uh, right near that corner that shared the office with the gym teacher. And he <laughs> He would peek through and, and look through the, the blinds every once in a while to see what was going on. But, uh, you know, he also was the hockey coach, so he couldn't say anything. He was probably just jealous. He couldn't join us and come play. <laughs> yeah, I guess as, I guess as long, like as far as like things that kids could be doing in the locker room, yeah. poker is probably like, you're probably like, you know what? Let's let them have their poker. Oh, exactly. Right. And, uh, you know, that was the beginning. Of course, then Rounders came out and we watched that on repeat. And, you know, I still remember my first session on Stars. I think it was even pre-Money Maker. But uh, just remember sitting down at NL100 and just being completely blown away, right? And I don't know if it was the uh, sleek, smooth software or the excitement of playing against uh, people from all over the world or 
the fact that there wasn't any guy showering in the close vicinity. That was a huge <laughs> <laughs> Well, we are hopefully going to give you a very different poker experience. Hopefully, we can give you an EPT Prague satellite ticket. He can shower next to me if he wants. It's fine. <laughs> hopefully, you can spin that into a main event ticket. That's an image none of us wanted in our heads. Uh, you did already tease your specialist subject, Jason. You've chosen Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, a more recent film than most people would select. People normally go for the classics. You've gone for a film from last year. Um, and I'm very pleased to have seen this for a second time. Joe, I know you've seen it multiple times. Jason, have you watched it recently? Oh, Joe, I'm sorry, James. I've seen it so many times. As I mentioned, I have uh, you know young boys, and uh, we watched this movie on repeat for you know three weeks straight. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. So, no, I you know I love this movie. Um, you know, I think the soundtrack's good. I like how they mix the the cartoon type of uh, movie with like the comic book. And, uh, you know, I really like that the main character is, you know, half black, uh, sorry, half African-American and half Latino. For if one, we can it's black, uh, okay. You can say black. You know, yeah. I think it adds a different side of the story. And then it also makes me uh, feel good knowing that maybe there's some kids out there proud to see themselves uh, represented. It's one of the most iconic superheroes of all time. I think it's also important for female representation as well. Joe, have you seen it recently? I have not seen it recently. Okay, you're fucked. Uh, Jason, you get to go first. You know the format. I need a number between one and ten, please. Oh, it's always coming seven years. Always coming seven. What year is Penny Parker from? Uh, Penny Parker is from the year 3145. He nails it for the full two points. I took notes. You can't get me to study poker, but I studied this movie. <laughs> Joe, you can have any number other than seven. I'll take number two, please, because I'm going to get two points on this question. Okay, you could get three because there's a bonus on this one as well. Uh, which classic work of literature is Miles studying at school? Oh, boy. Oh, how do I not remember this? I need the choices. Is it Pride and Prejudice, David Copperfield, Great Expectations, or Wuthering Heights? Great expectations. Correct for one point. The bonus question. What's the name of Miles' school? Jefferson Davis High School. You can steal, Jason, for a point. That's Brooklyn Middle School. It is indeed for that <laughs> bonus point. Okay. Your second question, okay. Jason. Go with number three. Number three. What reason does Uncle Aaron give Miles for knowing about the abandoned subway tunnel? He did an engineering job. Correct, for two points. Oh, you're crushing this. <laughs> Joe, where are you going next on the board? Uh, let's go with my trusty number nine. Lucky number nine. What are the names of Kingpin's wife and child? There's no way. Go ahead. <laughs> Veronica and Richard. Veronica and Robert. Vanessa and Richard. Vanessa and Robert. Vanessa and Robert. Incorrect. It was Vanessa and Richard. But there is a bonus question, which I think you should be able to get. Who provides the voice of Kingpin? Vincent D'Onofrio. Incorrect. Jason, you can steal. Yeah, it's, uh, I can't really pronounce his last name, but Liv Schreiber. Liv Schreiber. Uh, I'll give it to yeah, you. Yeah, that's points. it. Yeah. Are, you, are you sure you've seen this film, Joe? Multiple, <laughs> multiple times. I have seen it, but it's been, a, it's been a year. Okay. You do need to revisit these before these quizzes. Uh, where are we? Jason, it's your question. Uh, sorry, what, uh, what's called number four? Number four is available. In Miles' universe, what color are New York taxis? Uh, let's go with, uh, yellow. 
they are yellow. It was a trick question, but you didn't fall for it. <laughs> God damn it. And there is a bonus question. What is Planet Hollywood called? Oof. Yeah, I'm not... Uh... Don't know. Joe, you can steal. Planet Hollywood. No, it's called Planet Inglewood. <laughs> and Joe, it's your question. Is six available? It is. According to the TV news reports, how old was Spider-Man when he died? Do I take the choices or just go for this? 31. And because the options have not gone, you can steal, Jason. <laughs> 26. Correct, for two points. You have a 10-1 lead, and it is your penultimate <laughs> question. You can have 1, 5, 8, or 10. Let's go with 10. Number 10, what do we see Spider-Man Noir doing in the closing montage? Uh, he's completing the Rubik's Cube. Correct, for two points. Joe, one, five, or eight? Number one, baby, let's go. What song is Miles singing in his bedroom at the start of the film? Uh, the, the, the one by by uh, Drake, what's it? Uh, I, 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 I don't know the name of it, but give me the choices. I, I can sing it. Okay, is it Sunflower, da, 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 da. Start a Riot, Save the Day, or Scared of the Dark? Start a Riot. No, it's Sunflower. Oh, I didn't even hear that choice. Well, that, you should have stopped singing then. Um, five or eight, Jason? Let's go with eight. What is Spider-Man Noir's reaction when Miles reveals that his uncle is Prowler? So that's a pretty hardcore origin story. Correct. Although one of the multiple choice options was, which I'm quite proud of, sometimes this world makes as much sense as a tin hat on a garden snail. Uh, Joe, you get question number five to round things off. Excluding Peter Parker's introductory montage, who is the first villain we see in the film? Um, it is Hobgoblin. As the options haven't gone, you can steal, Jason. <laughs> he's close. Give him one point. That's a green goblin. Incorrect. It's actually what? Doc Ock. Oh. And the bonus question, which goes to you, Joe, in yeah. what context are we introduced to her? Oh, oh she's uh, uh, an, an assist. She's a, a scientist. That's not enough information. In what context is the character introduced in the film? Um, she's giving a news report. Close, but no cigar. You can steal, Jason. Uh, she is uh, on in the classroom. On the uh, they're watching a video. The kids are watching a video. Correct. Which actually comes before the Green Goblin scene, which was Good another trick question. But Jason, you needn't have worried. Fifteen points. Joe, one. Joe, one he struggled more than points. Sean Dean trying to compose a tweet. Oh, my God. You've had some great zingers prepared for this. Nice work, Jason. Uh, yeah, look, I, I just, like, enjoy the movie and don't sit there and, like, try to, like, take notes on it. Like, it's just hey, sort of a... Well, I got to, you know, I'm a value hunter. I got to get that 109 satellite ticket. I thought it was going to be closer, Jason, because I thought that Joe was going to revisit the movie. But instead, you have absolutely dominated, and you are going to get that Prague ticket and a piece of Pokestars merch.
All right, my babies, we are almost out of time for this week's show. Next week, it's the State of the Platinum Union. A roundup who's been bagging platinum passes for their asses. Yeah. We're hoping to have a couple of PSPC qualifiers on as our guests, one of whom will be our super fan. And at this stage, I'm not 100% sure who those two are winners are going to be and therefore i can't confirm what the super fan subject is as soon as i know joe i will tell you to avoid a repeat of this week's debacle let me know if it's something a you don't know anything about or b something you haven't got time to rewatch. because i can adjust the quiz to ensure you get some softballs i appreciate that yeah i i would have loved to rewatch this movie but you heard about the weekend i had you heard about all the goings on i wasn't expecting all that to be happening. I genuinely was dragging ass all week because it was bing, bang, boom over the weekend. Hey guys, you heard James earlier mention how uh, we're hoping to continue doing this show in 2020. You know what would help us a lot is if you subscribe to the show, if you press like on the show, wherever you do subscribe to it, if you leave a nice comment about the show and if you can tell one of your poker playing poker loving friends to maybe also download and subscribe to the show, all of those things would really help us ensure that we can continue doing this podcast. And I'm going to push this pretty hard from now to the rest of the year. Cause I don't have a lot going on. I need this. <laughs> so please press those buttons and you can always chat with us about anything you hear on the show, whether it's poker or movies or anything else. Use the hashtag poker in the ears on Twitter to do so. That is it. That is all the time we have got for this week's show, my babies. For James Hardigan, I am Joe Stapleton. Smell you later. <laughs> <laughs>